The Koi Gig Pod has made a new signing. Your goalkeeping coach is your god. Emma Byrne is joining Kathleen and Karen this season. Keep up to date with all the WSL action every Tuesday and subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Still, I'd say Connor O'Brien is with us now, a former Leinster player. Connor, how are you? I'm all good. Yeah. How does Thank it you. sound when we're saying you're a former Leinster player at this point? Um, bit w- unusual, I suppose, but um, it's nice uh, knowing that I suppose I did get to play for Leinster. But um, no, it is. It's a bit strange, I suppose. Like life after rugby has been nice to me so far. But yeah, what are you doing? Uh, I'm working uh, with a company called Tech Enable, so um, I'm sort of business development with them, and um, yeah, loving life, not being on a strict rugby schedule. Um, it's nice, nice change of scenery. Yeah, did you have time to prepare for the fact that the end was coming? Because your injuries have been bad for the last couple of seasons. Really, it wasn't like mm. an injury that you did that was okay. Tomorrow they're they're coming to you and saying, okay, that's it. It yeah. was a long, slow, steady process. Yeah, well, it's slowly. Um, took away any bit of um, enjoyment I was getting out of it when all these injuries started coming around so um, I suppose I had plenty of time to prepare for it unfortunately um, the first injury came over two years ago just before Covid in Ospreys and then it was it was just one after the other from there it was two right hamstrings off the bone and then I came back and did my ACL and then got back for pre-season last season and um, tore my left hamstring off the bone so right. yeah nice little uh, concoction there but um yeah no the the last say four or five months of last season I sort of knew that it was kind of not getting much better and the hamstring my, my, my left hamstring yeah so it was just any time I went under um any sort of like zero to a hundred sort of like you know that sprint sprint effort yeah. um, accelerations um, it was just it was too sore and I was re-injuring it and it was grand like rehabbing it I was able to like slowly progress up but then when I went back to train it just couldn't couldn't withstand you it You were studying economics in UCD while, while you were still playing with so you obviously had one eye on, on the post career but that's something yeah. you were probably going to be doing anyway Yeah like they're very good in like Leinster and, and Ireland in general for getting you re- ready for life after rugby. Um, so I was able to. I first of all went to Trinity um, when I left in it would have been eight years ago now, and I was living in Clontarf. I was studying in Trinity, and I was in the sub academy in Donnybrook. So logistically, it was a bit of a nightmare. So I, when I got into the academy, I moved to UCD into economics, and then. I actually moved in with, with Will Connors and Jimmy O'Brien in a house beside UCD as well, so I had everything right beside me. A and, zero uh, crack, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> so, terrible. But uh, no, I, I actually have been living with the two lads there for the last six years. I only moved out a couple of weeks ago back right. to Mullingar, so it was um, it was sort of uh, pardon. Total emotion moving out. Total But <laughs> it was sort of one of those things where I thought long and hard about it because I was sort of left that rugby bubble, yeah. uh, but I was still sort of had one foot in it when I was living with the lads and like I loved them and I wish I could live with them but it just made sense I'm able to work from home and yeah uh, kind of tormenting a little bit too the lads are going off to train and coming back from matches and you're thinking yeah no but they're understanding guys like but it's just for my own headspace I suppose it was sort of like yeah look that chapter in my life has ended it's happily I don't want it to turn in any way sour and you know I, I still I 
you know, I'll call into them now on the way home and stuff like that. Like, so it's no, there's no real difference there. Yeah. We're still best mates. So. And, and I'm sure that's going to be your experience with the people who you soldier with all the way up to this point. That, yeah, for sure. That team bond is really strong. Mm. Um, the, can you take us back to the, the injuries at the start? Like, you did. So, was it the left hamstring was the one that did in the end? or The left hamstring was the one that. Yeah. But you, so, you tore the right hamstring off the bone first? Twice, yeah. So I, I did that. Um, I went into tackle lad against Ospreys, and I sort of dipped my head into it, and my rear end went up, and my leg kind of stayed planted on the ground. And then the force came back down through. I can't really explain it, no, but think, um, yeah, it was poor tackle technique. And um, I uh, we were playing in the Nall in Ospreys, which is an awful pitch. Like Mullingar pitch is much better. Um, and then so that was a grade four. B or whatever that was so it's, it's tear off the bone and then I came back uh, sort of doing my own stuff over Zoom with my physio Carl and uh, during lockdown because it was obviously this was the first stage of it that was in February uh, 2020 so that was just coming into the start of COVID How uh, long is the recovery from that? That was five months right. ballpark and uh, I came back and literally I think the first week of training I came back and just went to sidestep someone down in uh, the RDS just we were prepping for pre-season and uh, just tore a slightly different muscle but it was complete rupture again right so there was it was obviously hanging on by a thread for whatever reason and like even I have the video of it it looks very innocuous you know so there's uh, it didn't really make much sense everyone was quite baffled about that um, so then is that another five months that's another five months, yeah. Okay, so that's and ten, they, 10 months essentially with a week in between where you're like, yeah, I feel great. Yeah, and these things were getting infected as well every time as well. Um, like I'm a clean person, I'm not like, it's not like I'm not sharing or whatever, but for whatever reason, like any surgery I've gotten, it's just gotten infected. And um, that I was on a drip for both times with that in hospital for um, about just less than a week, which was fairly nasty as well because like obviously that takes a lot out of your body um, and then obviously slows down the rehab process as well so it was a bit of a nightmare at that point are you thinking I'm going to come back from this I'm going to make it as a rugby player this is all going to stand to me in the end I'm going to be more Definitely, grateful yeah. for everything yeah, yeah I was like so like you obviously hit these peaks so like a few years ago I, I burst onto the scene and I was playing well and I thought this you know it's only going to go from here but it didn't um, and you sort of you when you're in that mindset and, and experience that you always are striving for more and striving to get that again but then when obviously an injury like that comes around the first time you know I'm able to handle it and it's obviously depressing and stuff like that but like you're able to you know uh, put it into context it's a contact sport and high impact so it's, you're going to get injured but then when the second one came around you just hit a little bit lower and then you know you're when I come back then I'm more excited because of all the you know hurt yeah. before so 10 months on from the, yeah. the first one maybe even a bit longer yeah. you're back out in the field and then you do your ACL yeah so I was then again <laughs> I, I was come back and like I was like this is my time now I've done my injuries you know like I'll get a fair shake here you know um, and then it just I, I literally caught a ball it was slightly behind me I went to just check and, and step off my left foot and, and just felt a little like um, I don't really know how to describe it just a little pop I suppose and I trained on for about five minutes and I was like mm, this doesn't feel right and I was very quiet and I was like I didn't really want to believe what was happening because so I, I like the pain wasn't too bad but it was reasonable pain but not as bad as say the hamstring pain but um, I was 
able to like walk but I didn't have the power in it so I strapped it up and took painkillers and went out the next day to train and then about 20 minutes in which is decent to get through on no ACL um, I just like went to kick a ball and just excruciating pain and I just got it scanned and it was my ACL I noticed in your in your statement as well when you retired Connor like you name checked the physio Carl Denver and mm. Professor John Ryan as well yes. in, in Leinster like very often underappreciated mm. members of a of a backroom team as well the medical staff but I mean how important when you're going through all those injuries you mentioned mm. how important are those people in a, inside a club environment you know in terms of even mentally getting you back up off the ground mm. and, you know especially when you're getting constant injuries like yourself massive yeah uh, those guys keep the show on the road and, and you know you can't appreciate them enough because they're not in, you know there's 23 lads out on a game day but like it's <laughs> much more than that the whole operation is so much bigger and like Carl Denver and, and John Ryan like you were saying like these guys care more about you than you nearly care about yourself mm-hmm. you know like Carl would be up getting he wouldn't get a night's sleep if I like didn't rehab like, or I was feeling a bit of pain during rehab the day before um, and yeah, he's just—it's un—it's unreal how much they care and want to see you like get better because that's like their main aim of their job, I suppose. But really, like when and they're good people, uh, people persons as well. I suppose you could say, um, like you're feeling their January morning and it's seven o'clock in the morning and they're trying to get you out running and stuff and they're able to like you know get you out there and put the arm around you when you need it and kick you up the backside when you need it as well so it's sort of it's good good relationship and like he's a good mate of mine now after all that um, the time I've spent with him he was with me for all my four injuries so um, we've seen enough of each other unfortunately on the physio bed Well the ACL pops like um, in between that period from <coughs> it actually happening and you acknowledging that it happens the next day what's gone through your head at that stage? Um, it's fairly dark like you know because it's just like this is uh, why me and you know all these things are why why does someone not get injured at all and I'm here three times on surgery bed in, in a year kind of thing like or a year just over a year um, but I suppose then like I have a really really good support network around me I have my best mates I have a really good girlfriend and my, my family as well so like I couldn't ask for better people around me so when I was feeling low and stuff like people were very very supportive so I mean I could have been way worse off and I look back and I think I see these head injuries and concussions and and you know problems like that and I think yeah I'm I'm one of the lucky ones that it was only you know a couple of leg injuries I'm able to walk and you know I can go for very slow jogs and stuff like that so like I'm happy I'm happy you seem to have a very refreshing attitude about it because you see a lot of people retiring in their mid-twenties and Ash Barty was actually similar attitude to yourself, you know, from tennis. She, yes. she was a similar age as well in her mid-twenties when she, when she hung up the racket. Mm. But it seems that attitude is so important because I know a lot of people say and studies have probably said that when you're forced into retirement versus making your own mind up, it can have an impact on your, on your mental health, of course. But it's probably all about attitude. You seem to have that aspect of it fairly sewn up. Yeah, well, I didn't always, I suppose. Like, there was times there where I was really, I was, like, had a, that kind of negative mindset about, like like I was saying, like, why me and things like that. But I, I would be a big advocate on, you know, mentality and, and mental health and things like that. So it was sort of, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, get on with it. And um, don't be, like, kind of, you know, you need that growth mindset people mm. always talk about it but it's like look these are setbacks but there's a silver lining to all this like I'm primed to sort of take whatever next step and excel at that because of all the things I've learned and the setbacks and my attitude and work ethic and things like that so like there's you know there's more positives than negatives to take from it but like I mean the last 
I suppose two years or a bit less maybe like there was obviously so many ups and downs but like it wasn't enjoyable you know r- rugby wasn't enjoyable for me because I wasn't able playing. to play <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah. like I enjoyed rugby when I'm like going well and I'm you know on top of my game in good shape and that just wasn't there so like I I struggled um, especially for the last kind of season when I knew I wasn't getting um, this hamstring any better and um I was going in rehabbing and I was like this is just not getting better not getting better and it was quite um, dreary I suppose you could say but and look, is, there, I mean, is there anything that can fix a hamstring like you know in three years time could your hamstrings be fine I'm not sure to be honest with you um, like by right the hamstring should be fine but for whatever reason the way the scar tissue healed it's just okay. I'm getting sort of constant pain with it but as I said I'm able to slowly jog on it which is fine by me I'm, I'm hitting the roads around Mullingar so, yeah. and did you like have, are you uh, looking at the internet for all the weirdest uh, complementary <laughs> yeah. therapies it's yeah. possible to get like did you did you go down a wormhole like that well like you do kind of but like I wouldn't be I'd sort of be a holistic approach myself so like I think you know get your mind and body right and your diet and things like that and I, I was nailing all that and yeah. outside of that like anyone I ask has their own remedy home remedy that yeah. their granny had for them when they were younger but nothing seems to be doing the trick just yet um, there's the horse bone man down in Kildare did mm, you like those kind of that type of thing yeah, yeah. but nothing that has in any way interested me too much yeah. um, aside from getting re another surgery on it but like obviously the, the trauma your body goes through like not like mentally or whatever but like just going through surgeries like that I think you know you, you lose a lot of muscle mass and things like this just your body reaction to that sort of procedure is quite um I wouldn't say it's too healthy getting it done the whole time. No, so no, definitely not. It's slow to go and back so on the table. When, when, when the hamstring isn't re- isn't properly responding, in the back of your head, mm. there's a voice saying, "Right, this is it. You need to start planning." Is that a straightforward conversation? Do you just accept that immediately, or are you like, "No, no. it wasn't straightforward." No, uh, the, like it was completely. I was like, "Will I keep pushing it? Will I not? Will I? Is this for me? Is it not?" You know, it's just like this constant conversation you're having in your head and I was talking to so many different people that I trusted and I know I wanted their counsel from you know the situation what do you think I should do and then ultimately the question is like uh, what what's good for me and what do I want to do so when I answered that question it was like it was it was relatively easier because I was saying as I was saying I wasn't enjoying myself playing rugby or you know rehabbing in Leinster um so that made it slightly easier because I was able to sort of step away from it with um, a little bit more ease, I suppose you could say, than if I was like, this came at a time when I was, you know, playing for Ireland or something like that, that uh, it would have been much harder because I was like very much in the mix, but I hadn't experienced that in so long, over two years, that it was slightly easier. But okay. again, I was I was forced into the decision as well. So, and And the fact of the previous number of injuries as well it just is it's sort of I don't believe in you know wishy-washy things but like the universe sometimes might tell you something and in in this case I think it gave me enough enough. yeah Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we go back to like when you're breaking through because your story it's not unique anymore but it's still not the norm where you've got a GA background and I've come through um, not the traditional Leinster school system Mm. what was your route to getting into the Leinster Academy um, yeah, so as you were saying, I went, I played at Mullingar rather than, you know, most of the lads in there would have played schools rugby. So 
um, my school didn't really play rugby so it was like Gaelic football hurling and then uh, rugby I'd say after school um, on a Tuesday and a Thursday and play on the weekend so you underage GA for Westmeath was it hurling yeah. and football or yeah I played both but I played minor football I sort of kept football going a little bit longer right. so um, played a couple of years of minor football and then um, I sort of like when I got to remember I was in the sub academy at around 19 I sort of was like um, how do you even get into the sub academy though how do they find you you play so the like the the club scene starts at about under 16s there's the Shane Horton Cup which is regions of around Leinster and so we, I was in the Midlands region which was made up of Mullingar Longford Burr Tullamore okay you know Ross Gray I think I'm not 100% sure um, and they uh, so we play against other like North East Metro South East and they're all in, in a competition play each other once and then the top wins it and then from that you get picked for Leinster clubs so then Leinster clubs is Irish clubs so I had two years of that right. and then Leinster and Ireland under 19s 20s you know, and is somebody at that stage saying to you here listen you 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 got the profile. You might be able to make it as a rugby player. Yeah, yeah. well, kind. Of, I was always very self-critical of myself and quite, you know, hard on myself in terms of performance. And I'd always be, you know, beating myself up if I made a mistake, a couple of mistakes, things like that. So, like, I got a lot of, you know, you're good enough, and you know, just trust your, your ability and things like that, and don't be, you know, get the right mindset sort of thing. So, I did hear a lot of that, and then it sort of slows down as you're getting on and on because, like obviously you're getting older and older and it's like well maybe you don't have this massive future ahead of you you know sort of thing so um, it's nice to hear when you're younger and stuff and I needed a lot of those pick me up sort of things so. and when they ring you and say look we've got a Lancer Sub Academy position for you what's yeah. that like just the conversation is sort of like uh, it was Wayne Mitchell at the time was the academy coach in Leinster and he was like we'd like to give you a sub academy and I was like brilliant um, but it was not brilliant when you're doing it because it's 7 o'clock gym sessions every week every day of the week followed by a pitch session before college so it's like hard know, work mm. well I did two years of that so most people just do a year so I, I was I didn't do TY so I was like slightly younger than some of the other guys that going into college did you not do TY because you wanted to be a professional rugby player was that uh, no the, just the school didn't have TY <laughs> okay, right Fair <laughs> yeah, so yeah um the uh, so yeah, I I got into the sub academy and then did and two you're in years college of that. at that stage. So yes, I was, right. that was when I was in Trinity and then I was living in Clontarf. So it was sort of the dart line there. Yeah, from Harmonstown down was being used a lot by me. And so sorry about this, but so you're getting up every day at seven o'clock to go to training out in in Donnybrook. Uh, so in Donnybrook. yeah, I get the dart from Harmonstown to Sandymount and then walk from Sandymount to Donnybrook, which right. is a decent. Now in the middle of winter, it is fairly tough. Like, yeah, to go and like lift weights and um, be shouted yeah. at. And, yeah. then, and, and I then wouldn't really be a massive lover of the gym either, so I've been sort of taking my sabbatical from weightlifting when I, since I've stopped. I'm doing the odd circuit and stuff, but I'm not even going for PRs on the bench. And then you squat. go into college to do it. Then I'm going to college. Right. Okay. Most of the time. I didn't go in all the time. Okay, but. I was going to say, you'd be a bit rest. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, I mostly go back and sleep on the couch. But And uh, then the second year of that, you're like... Yeah, second year, that that was tough now. Yeah, you really yeah. have to want it to con- you do, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And are they saying, we're going to keep you for second year because we think you're going to make the academy? We just need to... Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like you're in, bet- you're in a bit of limbo. Like, I would have been probably not good enough to get into the academy straight away. I would have been very out of... Not very out of my depth, but I would have been out of my depth. And it worked because I did another year in sub academy and I was coming into that under 20 season 
um, with Leinster in like I, I played pre-season with uh, Mullingar Shamrocks and I was flying fit and right. I came back in and had a, a, quite a good pre-season with the Leinster 20s we didn't play as well in the Interpros but we didn't even win it but um, that sort of led into the Irish 20s then ok so you got selected for the Ireland yes under 20s yeah. and that, that's uh, World Cup year is that right? that's the World Cup year yeah with Manchester that year so right. um, it was 20 um it would have been 2016 in Manchester. So, And you're getting game time for Ireland? Yeah, yeah. So we had the Six Nations and I didn't get started the first few games. Um, it was Shane Daly and Jimmy O'Brien in the centre. So I came off the bench against Wales and uh, whoever we played, whoever else we played. I think I started the rest of the games then in the Six Nations and the World Cup. So right. um, it was a bit of a slow start. But um, yeah, we, we obviously had that away win in England against England in the Six Nations, which was a massive win. My whole family was there and very emotional, like beating England because um, we were obviously underdogs as well. Yeah. Um, and then so that then, team goes on and beats the All Blacks. Yeah. So then obviously in May or whenever it was, um, we went over to Manchester for the World Cup and got to the final. So yeah, beat the All Blacks, obviously very historic day. And yeah. Um, yeah, you just don't even like think back. Like it's such a you think this is going to be it now for the rest of my life, sort of thing. Like so, <laughs> I'm sure. Like, you, you, I rarely hit that sort of high again. But you you do start to believe that you're in the right position. That yeah, like, yeah whatever sure. uh, you know, whatever about not coming through the same route as everybody else, you've justified your your path to get there. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was it was sort of like because you're playing in front of pretty much sold out. Now the stadiums were small. It was in the Manchester City Academy Stadium, and then the AJ Bell as well. So like, there weren't massive stadiums, mm-hmm. but like, that was your first sort of glimpse of you know the limelight. You could say because we got a lot of media traction over oh, here. Oh, totally, yeah. So, who else is on the team? Max Deegan, uh, James Ryan. Um, there's loads of Andrew Porter. They're all like kind of the Leinster lads. Jimmy O'Brien. Yeah. Will Connors was injured for the World Cup, but um, who else? Hugo Keenan. Um, not a bad team it was, <laughs> Decent, it was a good yeah, team yeah. Yeah. yeah we were quite under we went under the radar a little bit like the year before and a couple of years before like teams were sort of had really big names now there was big names on our team but for whatever reason they just kind of rolled us off a little bit after the Six Nations so we kind of we were losing at half time to Wales by um it must have been around 20 points I, I'm not 100% sure of the stats but and then we came back and beat Wales and Wales had won the either the Grand Slam or the just the Six Nations I'm not 100% sure if they went unbeaten and we came and beat them and that was like a shock these lads were walking around like you know yeah. the best and uh, we beat them and that completely like turned it around because at half time we were like You're gonna lose, we're going to lose the Wales we're probably going to lose to the All Blacks and whatever happens against Georgia happens but um we beat them and then they went on. We went and topped the group. We went unbeaten until the final. Beat Argentina in the semis. So it was a bit, that all changed from that half time in the first game. And did that change your life then as well in terms of like what the expectation was from you when you came back as somebody who could have an impact at that level in yeah, that team? I suppose it did. Like because I was playing adult rugby at the time with Clontarf, so that definitely primed me a bit more because I'm playing against these lads and I'm like these lads are like. 10 kilos lighter than the lads I'm playing against right with Clintarf like I was playing against good like Lansdowne players you know tearing your marriage the works like so it was like these I was playing against lads and I was like I'm not I'm, you know this is 
not as hard as what I've been playing over <laughs> in Ireland. So um, now this was at the World Cup, and you know, just things started clicking for everyone. It seemed like, and it just was unreal. And so when you come back from that, how, how close are you to getting into? Are you still an academy? At that stage, have you got a full-time professional uh, contract with Leinster? No, we would have, I would have known like a few months before the World Cup if, that I was in the Leinster Academy. So I was right. sat down by, I think it was Gervin Dempsey at the time, and being like, we'd love to offer you an academy uh, place. Right. So that's three years. And uh, so then we went to the World Cup and then got two weeks off and came back, and that was the okay. start of my Leinster like career in, in the Leinster building in UCD right because that's what happens you get into the, the, the full team first for, and how close are the academy players do they often get called up for league matches uh, well like it wasn't the norm but it is kind of now that right. you know I wouldn't say lads would be going in with a goal in the first year academy to be playing a, ge- a, a league game but yeah. like it definitely happens so it's not like completely unheard of but like um, how long does it take you to play league um I think I was in my second year. I'm right. pretty sure. Yeah, could have been. Yeah, I think, I think it was second year. Could have been the end of my first year, but I'm not. 100% okay, so very much on target and like a little yeah. bit ahead of schedule. So, mm. um, and you're playing centre. Centre, yeah. Twelve right. and thirteen, but uh, just twelve Leinster. Okay. For whatever reason, yeah, I sort of bulked up a little bit in that uh, after the World Cup. So I was just kind of more of a, a twelve than a thirteen. Okay, um, I was playing out half for a good bit of my under like eighteen career with with Leinster and Ireland. And then they just kind of, kind of saw me as a centre from there. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a conversation about that, or was that? No, just I never did. Actually, probably okay. should, probably should have. Right. Next place. They always saw me as this big, you know, ball carrying centre. But like, I would have seen it as slightly different in my own head, you know. But it's yeah. that sort of like. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and at that stage, you feel like I'm going to play for the Ireland senior team. I've been well, part of that. Would be a goal. Like, yeah. you wouldn't be going around saying it around. No, the of course, but course. it's realistic. Well, like you see the path that the people ahead of you have taken and it's like yeah I can do it like it didn't I probably didn't believe how close ability wise we were back then to the senior guys now looking back and I'm like I look at the academy lads and I'm like these guys are like maybe a couple of percent off in terms of like maybe their their mindset and their physique but yeah. other than that it's like the skills are pretty much all there and there's not a million miles and I think if just they could like and myself included back then if I could have just believed that and you are good enough and like you're not far off at all when you first step into the academy unless of course there's, there's certain players that are way off but not way off but uh, well they wouldn't have taken you exactly <laughs> so like you're usually getting the cream of the crop uh, going into the academy and stuff and then there's guys then as well like uh, Rowan Osborne say uh, he like he actually retired this year with, con- uh, with concussion so but he like didn't get into the academy and then went did his full college experience played with Trinity at the time and then he got into Leinster offered him a contract at the end of that because of how well he was playing so like there is different avenues as well you don't have to do three years in the academy and two years development and things like that anymore it's sort of if you're good enough they'll, they'll find you I'm just looking here Connor the, you were 2013 you were on the Westmeath minor team that played Mayo Yes, like in a, O'Connor Park, yeah. If you look at the Mayo team from that from that day, mm-hmm. like Conor Loftus, Tommy Conroy, Stephen Cohen, 
Uh, Kian Hanley was on it as well. Matthew Ruan was on the bench. Like Dermot O'Connor, I was marking Dermot O'Connor. O'Connor yeah. You're marking that. I was yeah. marking him. Yeah, he was tough. It was tough. Is that a sliding doors moment for you? Like trying to choose between when, when, when you know when you're playing sport, a multiple multitude of sports at a, at a high level. Was it a sliding doors doors moment choosing which sport? Yeah, to, to it was with? a bit. I, the main the crux of it was the professional element of rugby. Like the the money's good at the top and it's good to aim for. Whereas in GA it's slightly different. Like you might get a good job at like you know if, about who you know. You, yeah. you might get a good job in Dublin or you know sort it out with expenses things like that but um, I'm a GA man through and through like that's <laughs> my number one like it always has been so um, it was a tough decision because if if GA if football was uh, football especially if football was professional like I would have picked football probably like, you'd be spending more time in Cusick Park than the RDS now then probably yeah but at the same time like it's I, I wouldn't watch too much rugby outside of Playing it so like right. I, since I've stopped playing like I wouldn't I'd watch the odd game and then like any game the lads are playing and with Leinster and stuff I'd watch that but do you think that'll change in time that you might be able to watch it a bit easier um, or is that it's not really that like I don't uh, I'm I'm salty about it anyway it's just sort of like uh, I never really watched too much of it outside of playing it <laughs> that's sort of it like I like watching soccer I like, like watching football hurling. A bit of F one after watching Drought to Survive. I think the whole <laughs> country does that. The whole yeah. world does that. But um, other than that, like I wouldn't stick on rugby to chill. How how close to the Leinster first team do you feel you got? Like for the big games, um, uh, pretty f- far away, f- further away than I would have liked to have been. Like the the sort of the the playing squad or the the main squad is I like to call it the sort of twenty five or thirty lads that are like in there thereabouts. Um, I was sort of never in that circle so right. sort of like now when I say a circle I mean like I was still like in the circle but not I was looking in from the outside in terms of playing yeah um, so I never quite reached that that stage because when I was playing that time like the run of games a few years ago um, I was still in the academy and stuff so like it's like they do it is sort of one big happy family in there but at the same time like if you're in the academy like you're in a, a dre- like a deferred dressing room and stuff like that but like yeah. it is integrated well like way better than most other professional environments I've heard of anyway so um, it's just obviously going to be a slight different you're, yo- you're younger they don't know you as well and things like that so. yeah so it takes it takes a bit of time yeah, to get yeah. the trust and to um, to get those and how realistic would it have been if, do you think to play Champions Cup um, were you maybe 18 months away from that uh, yeah like like if I kept going the way I was going and then maybe the season after maybe like that could have been a possibility like I, I think I'd the need, competition must be incredibly cutthroat yeah it's tough like um yeah, obviously Robbie, last year. Yeah, like the centres were all internationals, like so Robbie and Gary and um, Joe Tamani was there at the time. I know they've Charlie Natai now, um, and then like lads coming up, you've like you know Liam Turner, David Hawkshaw, centre. He played. He's at Connacht now, obviously. Um, so there's a, a plethora of yeah. every position, and they're all nearly internationals, like four deep. So it's a, it's it's a cutthroat, as you're saying. Well, listen, we wish you the very best of luck. Um, you seem to re-acclimatise the civilian life quite well. Yeah, enjoying it. I'm enjoying all the the freedom. I'm like More a, ice baths. Yeah. Are you with uh, Niall Horn and Lewis Capaldi at the at Yeah, the I didn't meet them now, but I saw plenty of pictures. I think everyone had a, has a picture on their yeah. wall there. That, so. um, no, it's, it's, uh, it's good. I, I'm enjoying life. So, Well, we wish you the very best. Thanks Thank for joining us in the studio today. It's uh, Conor O'Brien. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.